Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 310 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Edelweiss, Ben Mosswoodwood. Colin, do the thing! Do the thing! We have Commander Shan, our Inhuman Resources Director. Hello. Hello. And we also have Mac Winston's, our EIC liaison. Hello. Hello. Um, if you wish, you can uh, join us live on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Facebook. But we're not hanging out in live uh, at the moment, because we didn't have much to talk about. And then... This happened. So what's really unique about Odyssey in the Elite Dangerous Universe is that for the very first time, we're going to allow people to set foot on the planets and in spaceports and explore the world in this new perspective. We've tried to maintain what we felt was a core part of Elite, which is freedom of choice. And we really embrace that with Odyssey and have transposed all of those careers back down onto an on-foot experience. So when you're picking your base suit in Odyssey, um, you're really picking it based on the career and activities that you want to undertake. Each of the suits has its own strengths and, and weaknesses. So for instance, there'll be a suit that skews towards exploration, a suit that skews towards combat, and also a suit uh, which uh, you might want to wear if you were to go scavenging, uh, hunting through wrecks to find bits of equipment that might be useful to you. Odyssey will provide players with a, a clear choice. They're free to take missions, either from mission boards or mission givers, or players can go out and explore. So we allow the player to disembark at outposts, planet ports, spaceports. So all of these are great places to find work and undertake missions, but also now you can go to our new settlements, which are a kind of more Dust Bowl, Wild West um, towns that you'd found on the edges of civilization. When you find these settlements, I think you'll want to travel into them and, and see what the lay of the land is, uh, see what options and uh, opportunities they offer, and decide which way you're going to play. With Odyssey, for the first time, we'll have fully modelled and fully animated characters appearing in-game, and, and they will feel part of the universe and extend the narrative that's there. They will be uh, moving through these spaces, you'll be able to interact with them, uh, some of them will speak to you, so we've had to work on getting those performances right. It's a whole new way of exploring the game. You'll hear the settlement, how alive it is, you'll hear announcers, you go into buildings and the soundscape changes. It's the very first time that you're experiencing the sounds of Elite Dangerous, not inside a ship or in, inside a little vehicle, but inside a body. Meeting people who you can relate to in places is the way you can feel grounded in this quite fantastical universe. And there's going to be a lot of players transferring from the main game who have never experienced this before but will understand how it feels to be in that universe. All of the NPCs that you encounter in Odyssey are all generated as part of the background sim. So if I go to a port or a settlement, the NPCs that I'm going to find there will be affiliated with the faction that owns that settlement. So we're driving some personality into our NPCs via the background sim connection, uh, and I think that's an amazing addition. One of our new features and new characters um, works for a corporation called Apex Interstellar. Players will be able to book journeys 
to and from ports within jump range. This gives a way for those players to actually move around the galaxy for a relatively cheap uh, fee and experience gameplay uh, away from the ports themselves. So within the on-foot gameplay, the, the primary way of earning credits is to actually undertake missions and obviously complete them successfully. Um, but you can also do some slightly more nefarious acts. Maybe you, you'll go to settlements and steal items and sell them onto the, um, the black market. Or you could become an explorer and, and collect samples from our new organic life. With Odyssey, we've worked really hard to maintain player agency. We want players to have the choice about how they play Elite. If players want to continue in their ship gameplay, absolutely. If they want to engage in on-foot gameplay, perfect. If they want to do both, even better. And that really has always been at the heart of Elite. It's, it's not the game we're telling you how to play, it's the game that you are creating your own story in. We're really looking forward to seeing how our players take that story forward and, and how they develop it. Now, obviously, um, <laughs> the video that was supposed to be dropped tomorrow at 2pm uh, has been dropped today. Uh, apparently, um, Arthur and uh, Stephen had an impromptu stream earlier explaining that um, <clears throat> some members of the press leaked it early. And uh, lo and behold, we've now got it live, which is good because basically we didn't have that much to talk about. We do now. <laughs> so just quickly I'll go around everybody we've got Mac, Ben and uh, Shan with us And so uh, Ben let's start with you what was your impressions of the uh, the video it was it, it, it had a bar in it it had mugs in it it had mocap in it it had spaceships flying over bars in the central corridor of the asteroid station and I squeed you squeed I squeed Oh, excellent. That, that's good. It's been so long since we've had a squee. We do need a good squee. Yeah, we need a good squee. Okay, uh, Shan, what, what was your first impression? Um, I was listening for the cantina theme from Star Wars through a lot of it. Um, yeah, I, it kind of, I think it served its purpose, as in it wanted you to see more of it. Mm -hmm. And actually be in there and stuff. So as a teaser trailer, it was it did its job really well. I thought um, it raised a few questions in my mind, which I don't. I'm not sure we'll come on to now, or whether you want to wait till later. But uh, in in terms of the uh, the uh, the plants and things inside the interior, I'm just wondering: are they interactable? Or are they just scenery? I mean, if you go up to like the Aspergisha plant, does it go gronda gronda at you or something? You know, <laughs> how, how... sorry, that reference is just so old, Shan. Well, we have to keep the oldies interested somehow, don't we? But no, it, on a serious note, um, how interactive things are when you're not actually, when you're just walking around not doing anything particular, actually sets a lot of the atmosphere for the area. Yeah. If they're just scenery and you can bunny hop on it or just walk past, walk through it, it just kind of, your, your brain goes, yeah, so what? I mean, if you can actually, I don't know, shake the plant and go from the gronda, for example, then it really does add that extra bit of detail to the surrounding. 
<laughs> okay, Mac, what was your first impressions? Oh, God, I had a nerdgasm. <laughs> a complete nerdgasm. It was, oh, I want this now. It, this is this is this is unbelievable. We've now got three complete and utter positive reactions to um, <laughs> to to a dev diary, which um, and I must admit, I was uh, I was blown away with by it as well. Uh, there are there is just so much to unpack from uh, what was said uh, during the videos. Uh, right, so we will start with um, a couple of uh, interesting little. Um, as, as you can see, for those of you who are watching the stream, we have a lot of pre-alpha development footage being shown. So we're going to discuss some of the, these um, photos and what they mean uh, at later points. Um, but the first one, uh, was there a standout moment for from the video for you lot? I know there was for me, but um, Ben? I think that moment when, just the, the very intro of it, when I looked out and I paused the video, I was like, Hang on, is that is that's an asteroid base? Mm -hmm. We're in a social area, looking out over the central docking bay of an asteroid base, and if we can do that there, I wager we can do that anywhere. Yeah, Shan. To be fair, I was I, I enjoyed the visuals and stuff, but I was kind of in analysis mode. Oh right, going, going through that. I mean, for the the um, frontier town, you know, mm -hmm. the, uh, I, I was kind of expecting to hear the Firefly theme and all the sort of stuff like that. And some of the outfits, they look very Star Wars ish. I thought, um, like you got the, the guy in the grey uniform with the peaked hat, just smashed. Oh yeah, the, well, the concept art. Yeah, the concept art of the Imperial. Um... Yeah, the the imperial officer. I mean, that's it, it does, yeah. I mean, it's you've got the elite logo on him, and then it does look you've got military bars. But I was definitely getting Empire vibes, and not uh, and not Star Wars, and not elite Empire vibes. Yeah, and also the um, the uniform or the suit for the uh, combat was mm. very stormtrooper. <laughs> I thought <laughs> very very stormtrooper, um, Mac. Was there a standout moment from the video for you? Well, I thought that uniform was more like it was designed, it was like a Wormax helmet from World War II or something. Oh, I've mm. got to put my landing gear down. Hold on. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I just love that one with the, the ship coming over, sitting in the docking bay, and you see the, the I think it was a Calvermite 3 sort of slowly, you know, sort of smoothly glide over the scene. It, it just It just looked good. Just look really nice, um, and the the, yeah, the things like you know you got that whole whole. In fact, I remarked to it uh, about I remarked about it when I watched it is that like the the whole slight airport vibe as well. You know, where you got the the kind of travel desk kind of thing, um, which other because one one thing I've one thing I've always liked about that there's a slight satirical take when you go like to a imperial uh, I'm sorry a federation station now there's a there's kind of a slight uh, uh, kind of uh, it's almost satirizes going through an American airport. You've got the, the the slow, careful female voice telling you about not to leave your luggage unattended or it might get blown up, except it's kind of translated to to 
you know, watch your speed, not your credit balance kind of thing. Um, and, and I got that whole kind of vibe that there's more of that, there's more of that coming along. And I, I kind of like that slight uh, kind of piss take of the real world that Elite sometimes pulls, you know, those little details like that. Yeah, one of the things that they highlighted was that um, they'll have those kind of announcements um, in every single uh, station and outpost, but it will reflect the environment. So that if you're in a federal station, you'll have basically what sounds very much like what you're describing about walking through an American airport. Or if you're in an imperial station, then, you know, it will sound more uh, pompous and imperial. But, um, and... I think that is an indication of why this thing has taken so long to do because they have gone down to this level of detail. Uh, I would I mean, like to put my hands up, sorry, and I would like to formally now request the airport announcer voice in Obsidian Audible to be Obsidian. <laughs> it needs to be Obsidian. Parking is only available in the blue zone. The blue zone is for parking only. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Birmingham. Where where is Dockers set? Is it? Is it um, Birmingham World? Yeah, yeah. Birmingham, the Birmingham World Station. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's lost its air traffic controller recently. So um, <laughs> I don't think there'll be anything involved yeah. there. The air traffic controller went off and got space. Yes, uh, but I mean, my favourite bit of the entire video is is probably the same as yours, Ben, when you're actually in looking out through the asteroid base and you can see a cobra fly over. Now, I, I am assuming that that basically could be either an NPC or a player. I'm presuming it's whatever activity is going on in the station at the time. So if you're sitting in that location, yeah, it'll be just the same like now. If you sit on your ship in a station, you can see the coming and going of NPCs and players. So it'll be kind of kind of the same thing. But I want to know if I can shoot the window out. Oh, there's a surprise. Oh, but it should be fine if you shoot the window out because there's atmosphere there. You're not hard vacuum when you're looking out into the into a docking bay. Sorry, Shan. Um, you are. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you have your canopy no. blown out and you fly into like a Coriolis station, as soon as you go through the docking port, the atmosphere is restored. So well, I'll shoot the atmospheric generator and I'll shoot the windows out. <laughs> <laughs> It's just doing that to spite you because basically we managed to put a hole in your <laughs> in your <laughs> not in your window. Although you, you could get if it's on a if it's on a uh, outpost, you could get blown out. Yeah, technically, technically. Um, so um, as far as they're concerned, uh, they would one of the things that they talked about was obviously choice. Now. What they implied with that was that um, in order to do certain activities, you have to make the choice of the right vacuum suit in order to do it. So there's, they, they mentioned three in the video. The first one was um, exploration. The second one was soldier. And the third one was scavenger. So um, who would like to talk about that? Yeah, I, I again, I was thinking mechanics rather than aesthetics. And when mm -hmm. they said that, I thought of uh, like a Call of Duty and things like that when you have to roll assault or medic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, so if it is going to be, as we fully expect, a first-person shooting environment, mm -hmm. then that would be like your choose-your-class 
moment, wouldn't it? It it would be yes, but um, obviously, if you're an explorer spaceship space ship suit, you wouldn't really stand much of a chance if you'd walked into a combat zone, unless you have a stealth part of it because you're exploring and you wouldn't necessarily want to be seen by the local fauna or some of that. So the explorer yeah. could come with a stealth mechanic. True. You've got to be careful with those plants. They might attack you if they're only wounded. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I did notice that people got excited about is as soon as they mentioned uh, Scavenger, um, now that did seem to get uh, a lot of people excited. I mean, do they think it will be a little bit more exploring crashed wrecks or uh, basically trying to recycle um, uh, combat zones? I'm not sure. I'm just thinking about the Explorer. Uh, would that be the one that comes with the Dyson multi-tool, I wonder? Yeah, well, you, you'd think it would. You'd think that the, the Explorer comes um, with the Dyson multi-tool, the, the soldier comes with a big gun, and the scavenger comes with, I don't know, a cutting torch. Or maybe a different Dyson multi-tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Dyson multi-tool, they did say it was a sampler. They didn't say it was a... Did they actually say it was a multi-tool? Or did we just think that I because... Think we just other thought games... that, actually. Yeah, I think we just thought that. Yeah, because uh, other games that walk around on planets with involved spaceships have basically a multi-tool that does everything. Ben, you want to talk about exploration for a second? Yeah, I'm just thinking, and I oh so desperately hope we will have exploration in both wreck sites out in space as well as on planets. But my gut call is, at least at launch, we'll only be able to explore on planets. Um, I I have a feeling that we're not going to be able to to go and do EVAs, etc., until a patch after launch of Odyssey. Um, I hope we can, though. I mean, I really want to, and that's that's doing EVAs has been one of the things I've been looking forward to for oh so long, but I think it's going to be strictly planet based at the moment. Right. Yeah, so, e- oh, go on, Mac. I, I was going to say EVAs. That, I, I definitely agree with you there. I, if if you remember the uh, out of say Firefly, for instance, one of the first one of the first scenes when you see them out in space, it's doing an EVA to do a salvage of a shipwreck somewhere. And when the Alliance shows up and tries to catch them, uh, I, I think that would be, that would be extremely, that'd be good gameplay to, if we, if we had that kind of stuff in there, uh, lots, we of, don't... lots of gameplay stuff you could get out that kind of, um, that kind of scavenging. Um, yeah. Um, uh, is it, is it the kind of, you point, as far as scavenging, scavenging is concerned you think it it would work better as an eva instead instead of say on surface i i suspect it's gonna be, i suspect it's probably gonna start on the surface um, yeah i it, it could go either way you could you could do it so that you could do it such that it works just as well on both but with the space that the space type evas you've got the whole thing of having to jetpack or drift along in in out in space out in the 
out in the void and i i think it could give it a real feel of kind of the vastness of space as well you know like when if you, if you go to an imax for instance and watch like one of the international space station things where they're doing an eva with the earth below it could get you could get that kind of feeling from it i think which could which would be i i, I think that would be i think that could add add up to um sort of kind of show off the majesty of the universe and all that kind of stuff but also uh, have lots of fun fun gameplay sort of uh associated with it but i su- i suspect what it would, what what ben said is is right it'll be surface based first and sometime in the undefined future maybe if we're lucky that will come right okay um i mean moving on just quickly from there uh they did say that there were three possible paths uh to uh, making money now the first path was obviously running missions and and basically they did show off these wonderful what looked like mission boards which you can um walk up to and select things uh and then on top of that you've also got a more nefarious ways of actually raiding outposts or frontier towns uh and then obviously as we've touched on before um uh, exploration. Uh, what do you think to the idea about uh, these new mission boards, Chan? Sorry, I, again, I'm thinking mechanics rather than aesthetics, and I'll keep saying it because I, I'm trying to get my head around it, but my, my question is, is will you have to walk all the way up to an NPC, look for the equivalent of an exclamation mark above their head, and then take a mission? and then return to said. So basically, instead of having the hologrammatic notice board that we see on our ships, mm-hmm. it's replaced by an NPC you walk up to and, and do that. Or will there be a, a richer experience in picking up these missions? Okay, Ben, you got a re- response to that? Yeah, I think what we're going to get is we're going we're gonna to maintain what we already have so that you've already got your... You can sit in your ship and you can go and do whatever you want. And I think we'll have these mission boards that we see here of, you know, connecting to free home, mission boards, missions, complete missions, and authority. I don't know what that... can't quite make out what that says. Um, But anyway, I think that's going to basically be the equivalent of looking at the the Starship Space the station services in your ship. Mm-hmm. And you can just do that from any of these terminals around the base. But then I hope that we will have illicit missions, shall we say, from dedicated NPCs who we do have to go up and walk to. So you won't need like a, an elite version of a pip boy then on your wrist? No. No, I, I mean, maybe for follow-on things where... You know, Commander Dodgy goes off and sends you a message saying, you know, hey, Shan, thank you very much you know, for doing that. Could you go and do this now? Possibly as a, you know, he essentially sends you as a PM. But I think for that initial contact, you're going to want the face-to-face. Um, just in terms, not just in, ter- in terms of lore and roleplay, but also in terms of a more rewarding experience than starship services dodgy geezers who who give me things to do yeah because i always take out that me. entire black market sub menu and so on just get rid of it from starship services 
and make us go down the back alleys and see what we find. Yeah, I was going to say, then, the whole black market being in flashing orange was always a bit strange to me. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for having it put in a, a back corner. But I guess the thing is, is that once you know where the black market person is, is that much difference to seeing black market on a menu screen? Because you that's everyone knows where I, they are. That's why I think I would want it as a, you have a face-to-face initial contact, and then that builds up, say, a contact list who you can send PMs to, essentially. So you know, once you've, once you've gone off and done it, you can then sit in your ship and say, hey, Bob, got any jobs for me? And he might be, yeah, could you go and do this? It might also be, actually, yeah, I need you to come down here, pick this up, and do this for me. Mm. Um, but I think, I, I think the important thing is that first contact should be face-to-face, and subsequent, some, subsequent cons- some subsequent contacts should be doable from within your ship if you want to. Excellent. Right. Um, well, the next question uh, I'm going to run past everybody is um, as far as the more nefarious ways of uh, generating income was basically raiding these uh, frontier towns or maybe even um, (laughs) do you think we'd end up with a level of, you know, heisting a bank in the middle of a a station or do you think that's a little bit too uh, advanced at the moment? I don't know. What would you... It's all credit-based, so you haven't actually got anything to heist from the bank that you couldn't do from a terminal somewhere. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, I think you'll get more data hacking, so you have your Dyson multi-tool, and that will then become your hacking device that you have to, I don't know, do like a lock-picking event in uh, Elder Scrolls. It's something like that, I think, would be nefarious. I mean, you could have an assassination mission, maybe, mm-hmm. where you lay in wait for someone and shoot them when their ship landed. But then I'm not sure about that, because that takes me back to the old Frontier days with assassination missions, where you just went to where you needed to go and fast-forwarded to the relevant time and then just ambushed them. So, I don't know. Yeah, uh, oh, Mac. The, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, just as long as I can do petty crime, I'm happy. I'm all over the petty crime. <laughs> Pickpocketing. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, that's what I do. I do it all for, it's to, in pursuit of uh, great, grander things within the East India Company. I do an awful lot of petty crime right now, things like minor hacking and trespassing and that kind of thing, you know. And as long as I can do more trespassing and, and sort of hacking and running off with, stolen black boxes and things, then, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, what kind of, of... I mean, do you think it will be things like uh, materials uh, to be stolen or cargo? Or... I I have to bet there's probably going to be quite a lot of... Um, well, it probably has to be smaller because you're not going to scoop up one ton of cargo by hand um, no. necessarily. Uh, but so there's probably going to be, I, I would have to imagine there's a whole new category of things that you need to go, that you might be trying to uh, relieve from their rightful owners. Um, 
and that kind of thing. And of course, combat's gonna, combat is inevitably going to be a aspect of it. So I have to imagine somebody's going to get shot somewhere at some point but, but then we're kind of going beyond petty crime at that stage we're starting to we're starting to get onto the more serious crimes there uh and uh, i also have to imagine there's going to be crimes involving property damage true yeah if, if you've there, got there, a, there might be not, the, there might be the odds if, uh, talking about property damage uh it's, i was uh flying with a friend of mine in eic a, a few months ago we're in SRVs, and we shot down an NPC Cobra Mark through with our SRVs, which we're rather proud of. Uh, but yeah, we we got we got a bounty for for that level of property damage and murder. Cool, that that that's what you want. I didn't think an SRV could shoot another ship down. Yeah, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of work, and you the, you have to the, you have to hope that the 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 pilot of the and the NPC pilot is sufficiently incompetent that they. <laughs> smash into the ground occasionally and weaken their shields a bit because a Cobra Mark, trying to shoot two SRVs trying to shoot down a Cobra Mark 3 is like a sidewinder trying to shoot down a a Imperial uh, cutter with 8A prismatic shields and all the slots full of shield boosters. It takes an inordinate amount of shooting and ammo reloads. But if if the NPC crew, if the NPC pilot is sufficiently incompetent, you can do it. Okay, um, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I think I think thinking on to you know, our EDRPG um, sessions, it's ninety percent of the time it's been. Essentially, commercial uh, commercial espionage, uh, which obviously translates into go here, hack into this, get the data, get out. I can translate to Chinese. Oh, shut up! <laughs> my phone knows. My, my phone knows I've been doing localization of late. Um, I don't know why it suddenly wants to start localizing that, but it did. Um, it is so exciting as well. It is. I don't blame it, uh, but. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking, you know, as Max said, we ain't going to be quickly jacking a ton of gold from anybody. Um, on the other hand, some kind of hacking game, and whether that's the case of lurk here and remain undiscovered with this data connection open, or whether it's something more active, I don't know. I'm not even yeah. 100% sure what I prefer. Maybe we'll get to smuggle the really good onion head. <laughs> or that, that, spice seeing as that, Beetlejuice here. That is I, an absolute possibility. Shan, yes. Yeah, I was I was just about to say that if we have a thieving mission, I want to be able to put a bucket over the head of the NPC and just rob the store blind. <laughs> is, is that what you could do in Skyrim? Yes, and um other Elder Scrolls, you could put a bucket over the head of the NPC, and because they wouldn't see you stealing, <laughs> they, they wouldn't notice it's all gone when you left. Oh, I've got to try that. I am, It never occurred to me to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, exploration, they, they did mention about um, discovering fauna and um, basically scanning these life forms. Uh, I think they've they've definitely gone into um, a little bit of detail on that. I mean, uh, is is that something that appeals to any of you? Not really. <laughs> I find scanning a bit bo- 
because well, with scanning, it just tends to be run around until you find the thing you want, and then hold position, hoping no one comes and interrupts your scanning. It's not terribly exciting. I mean, I guess if there's a stealth mechanic in there, it can be all right. But even then, you're—I don't know. I think Colin's talking about the flora and fauna scanning for exploration rather than downloading. Yeah, but that's just the same, though, isn't it? It doesn't matter whether it's data mm. or flora or fauna. You still have to hold there, holding the trigger on your Dyson device. Yeah, go and, and ho hold this. Yeah. And hope nothing comes along and interrupts it. But then, of course, if there's a multiplayer aspect to it, you, you know, you, you're, you're in one place scanning the device with a huge thing on your back saying, please shoot me. Yep. Well, the thing is, when you're when you're out scanning this stuff in your exploration suit, you're probably nowhere near civilization. So the chances of anyone except your expedition mates being anywhere nearby are astronomically small. I'll come with you. Well, yeah. Do you <laughs> really different. want? Yeah, do you really want Shan at your back? <laughs> no, I want Shan where I can see him at all times. Because today I learned in the northeast, Shan means terrible. I resent that remark. Don't you mean you resemble that remark? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm really good and really nice and really considerate, and I don't know where you get this image from. Really? From talking to you. So something about shooting out the glass so that it would all asphyxiate, you know? <laughs> that doesn't ring any bells. That's for science. <laughs> That's for science. Yes, well, so was actually irradiating a whole lot of people in the expanse. That was for science as well. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to talk just quickly about the actual aesthetics. I mean, as far as the uh, the design of, say, the frontier towns is concerned, did did that get your um, Moss Eisley um, uh, antenna buzzing? It was more Firefly for me, I think, than... Yeah, I was thinking, um, oh, from Aliens or something, actually. Yeah, minus the rain. Oh, right. Okay, that's fine. I think right. it's, I think they're kind of like the, because there are some existing settlements like that. So if you go out into Hawking's Gap, there's like a few settlements out there. And I think there's also the stuff around the former Dine Rift and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I suspect the settlements, uh, yeah, Dav's Hope. I, I've never actually been to Dav's Hope. Yeah. Well, but I, I, suspect the, I suspect the settlements are evolutions of <clears throat> the existing settlements rather than completely brand new. But of course, a lot of them will be under a sort of on a, on the atmospheric worlds, you know, so you've got the, you've got the blue sky, which gives them a, and it gives them quite a different feeling, actually, seeing that in the video. And you also got to feel the true scale of the place, which is, it's difficult to capture when you're flying above them, at, uh, like a couple of kilometers above. But if you're actually at foot level, you, you get a much better idea of, of the scale, I think. Yeah. Especially with an atmosphere with some, uh, you know, the typical atmospheric effects like, you know, like mist or whatever, you know, the sort of the, 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 the haze at distance, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we've had people in the chat saying it looks very Mass Effect. I mean, I must admit, I, Mass Effect 3, definitely. It looks, there, there are parts of there that you think, oh, that, that does look like some of the, uh, the places that the Normandy visited. I mean, does it, I mean, it, does it remind you of any game settings, or is it just kind of a 
basically generic enough to stand alone as itself. It reminds me of, well, because I haven't played, the thing is, I haven't actually played any of these other games, so it kind of reminds me of Elite Dangerous, to be honest. Because, <laughs> well, that's what uh, you want, well, I because, because where I've seen where I've seen those style settlements is when out on exploration, because we had the, the Minerva Centaurus expedition, for instance, went out relatively close to the Hawking's Gap, so I, I kind of stopped off at those settlements to take a poke around and read the messages and what have you and see what they're all about. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice to see them on a planet with an atmosphere. I think that'll, that'll add quite a lot of ambiance to them. That uh, that yeah. I'm not saying that, not, that, not that they're missing as such, but it'll, it'll, add, it'll, add, it'll add something to the experience, I think. How much variety do we think there will be in these frontier towns because the bases all have very similar looking structures. I mean, the layouts vary a little bit, don't they? But mm. I just wondered, will it just be like a copy paste of the same things each time? Or are they going to make it procedurally generate, I don't know, the adverts and the signs. And on one thing they did actually touch on, which we might come on to later was they said the uh, personnel, the uniforms and look and feel of the place changes depending yes. on the background sim. That's so, true. so uh, for example, would you have a scruffy looking frontier town for the Alliance? Would that then become all Apple looking for if it was an Imperial one or, you know, how much is this going to change? I wonder. Um, well, that's, that's one thing that they did. Uh, emphasize in the, in in uh, in the trailer is that uh, when you actually go to one of these towns, it will reflect uh, what uh, their uh, allegiance is. So if you turn up to a federal place, it'll all be pretty utilitarian. Uh, you turn up to a, an imperial place, it it will be like you said, the Apple Store, and everybody will sound a little hoity-toity. Um, I mean, we've we've already seen the the uniform design for an imperial officer, which look, looks vastly different from all the other characters that we've we've already seen. I mean, Although Ben, do you is, want oh, go on? Although it is concept art, I think that uh, we ought to probably remember just just so we don't uh, uh, end up expecting it to be exactly like that. Because I, I suspect there's there's still some refinement to to happen. Yeah. So Ben, you want to talk about um Yeah, I've just been looking at the I've been looking at this picture of Astor's Hope 2 and the textures on the planet in the foreground look so much better than we currently have. Mm -hmm. Um also the lighting again I mean, I think I'm seeing multiple shadow sources. Right. Oh that's um, big. I think I'm seeing that. I mean, if you look at it's the one of the commander walking down in, in Asus Hope, and you can see you've got the shadow going off in one direction. Mm -hmm. um, it might just be one shadow, actually, but it is it's definitely, you know, it's definite shadow effects. I'm just seeing if there's another possible light source. Well, um, actually, that's one thing they did say, that they have updated the lighting model, but yeah. I don't think they've put multiple light sources in. Oh, we know maybe not multiple stars. Yeah, not not multiple stars. We know we know that they haven't put that in, but as far as multiple lighting sources, well, when you think about that, they've got to because they've got lights within yeah. 
um, within the the starports, and you can see the. I'm just wanting to go and I'm looking at some of the images from them as well, just having a look at the shadows on on it. Um, and so, I mean, there's one. You know, there's no real shadows going on there. Damn. I mean, we're not really. I'm not going to see this until you actually get in game. I think. Do you think they've used all the nifty advances in graphics technology? You know, like ray tracing and... I don't think we'll have ray tracing oh, in this, no, sadly, they've, yet. They've, they've already said that they've not put ray tracing in, which, you know, um, I'm, I'm relieved in a... Well, I know it's probably just an option you could switch off. Yeah. But um, I'm quite relieved that they haven't put that in because that would have been more development time. And at the moment, I'm really impressed with what we've got so far, and I'd like it as soon as possible. And I, I love think the. It... Sorry, Colin. I thought you'd finished. Uh, no, go on then, Ben. Um, I love the, the almost like the, the floor-based lens flare on the image that I've got of the two uh, two commanders looking out through the window, and then you've got their shadows going out, and it's just like a really, really bright sun on the floor and it's almost so bright you just can't see it it's almost like so bright it's a lens flare on the floor as as a reflection Um, yeah i mean that that does look very impressive um so but what one thing that i was wondering though is you look at how blue these are mm -hmm. and these atmospheres don't look very thin to me you know that looks like a fairly nice Atmosphere to me. It, um, it it does actually remind me of Tatooine. If you if you mm-hmm. go, say for instance, on um, into Star Wars: The Old Republic and look up in the sky, there seems yeah. to be the same kind of sky. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, um, but obviously, uh, they have said they are. It is thin planets that you need a spacesuit to survive in. Yes. I mean, we're not we're not just walking around in jeans and a t-shirt here. No, but in the bars we are. In the bars, we can, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, oh, one of the questions they were asking, actually, is, you know, what about civilian wear? And, yeah, we've got people walking around in their in their suits. Then we've got guys just walking around in... in flight suits. Yeah, lo- and loose, fl- like, loose flight suits, not vacuum suits. Yeah. Well, okay. on the other hand, if, if you look at the, the outer clothing options we have right now, um, yeah. they kind of... You have your Remlock suit underneath, but then you have something over it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the flight so, jackets and things like that. Yeah, it? so uh, I, I would, I would, I would imagine that's that's got to be in because we've got that now. Uh, yeah, there are but, all the options you can you can get off the uh, Arcs store or whatever it's called. So if you if you have a look at the, there's an image I've got of two people sitting at a bar, one person in our. You're right. I mean, it looks like our flight suits with an overlayer standing up at a table. And then you've got somebody in a flight suit talking to somebody in space pajamas. You know, it looks, it looks a bit like a bellboy kind of idea. The, the only thing um, is if you go, if you go to a bar with your Renlock suit on, uh, hang on uh, a drink. Well, it because the trouble is you have a you have a couple of pints of beer and then then what do you know you need to go for you need to go for a slash. That's, so. the, that's the benefit of it. You don't have to go anywhere. Maybe they're like steel suits in Dune, you know, where it recycles your yeah. wing in, into drink. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a performance having to get your Remlock suit out off. 
to 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 you know. Go I, I'm that. sure our Remlocks are just like modern day spaceship spacesuits, only better. Um, and just like from the Expanse, I'm going to the toilet right now. I, how come I have actually got the image of the Billy Connolly incontinence pants routine going through my head right now? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I remember that. So, <laughs> now, before we, we, we degenerate into the usual... Um, yeah, toilet humour. Toilet humour. Um, After one the show, thing- I'm going to watch that clip again. That's hilarious. Anyway... <laughs> There was one thing that did surprise me, and that is the Apex bus service. Now, this this sounds as if you know you don't need a ship anymore. Well, I wasn't got that one of the starting options that has been hinted at is we're going to get a new planetary base starting option. Yeah, well, you're just by yourself on the on the base. Yeah, so, so it could be you don't even have a Cobra to begin with, or a Sidewinder. So basically, you've got to run these missions to get a Sidewinder. Yeah. Actually, that sounds really, really good. Except I don't want to lose any more characters. That I don't want <laughs> to buy another instance. Well, this, this was... I, I'm taking hope from this, because that was actually asked as a question on today's stream with Arf. And I'm going to coil... You know, I got a... It seemed like a very... Well, we're not saying anything just now about new commander slots. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, uh, so you might be able to try something. But then again, he might have also just been referring to, well, maybe you'll be able to try the new commander experience. A bit like how we can try the tutorial just now. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he was just referring to it as you can get a new command, you can do a new commander in the beta. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean? Yeah, I was just thinking, um, we talk about wearing, wearing your Remlock. I wonder if you have to put your mask on when you go on this bus now. Um, you, know, you have to put your Remlock mask on to go on the transport. But I think it's a great idea because we've always kind of said, well, it, why do we have to carry our ships around with us? Why can't we just go on ahead? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the idea, and I think I probably would. Um, yeah, it's intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, then the, the one problem that I do have, well, I don't know whether or not this is this is going to be um, only a can of worms or not, uh, but is the transport going to be instant? Because when you think about it, from a gameplay point of view, it's got to be, because, you know, you don't want to have to log out your game for about three or four hours, like you do for the moment when you're waiting for a ship to arrive. Um, I, I can't see that same kind of mechanic working as far as Space Legs is concerned. What do you guys think? Well, they said in jump range. Now, what does that mean, jump range? Mm-hmm. Does that mean jump range of the bus? Or does it mean jump range of a carrier? Or does that mean jump range of a dolphin? You know, what's the... <laughs> What's the jump range is it talking about? Yeah, that, I mean, that'd be a laden or an unladen dolphin. Oh, he's getting pigeons mixed up again. Oh, swallows, yeah, swallows, swallows. God, Colin, come well, on, Ben, un- spit it out. An unladen oh. dolphin, as if you listen to next month's Sagittarius Eye, you'll find out, 
with the Guardian Frameshift Booster. Nice has about a 55 light year jump range. Wow, 55? Yes. Actually, it's about 56, I think. But yeah, it's really that, that sort of round figure is about 55, 56 light year. Yeah, I mean, good personally, I would probably think it would be the range of whatever the bus is. If not, then it's the range for whatever your present ship is. I mean, does that sound sensible? Well, the pre- they can't know your present ship. You might not even have a present ship. Well, then, logically, it's the range of whatever bus you've got. And Maybe. You know, the, the basic bus, I think, would be a dolphin, I guess. The dolphin even looks a bit like a bus. Yeah. And, and if they give hence, us anything in 50 light years, that would be awesome. Hence, my dolphin was named Pimpernel Petroleum. Wouldn't it be fun if players could hitch a lift on your passenger ship and you could be the bus? I would love that, yes. I must admit, um, that does sound fun. Do not, board, I, do not board the bus commanded by don't, Commander Yeah, Shan. don't drive Shan's bus. <laughs> or, or even better, I think I'd prefer if you could actually um, talk to a player when you're at a station and, and they say, yeah, sure, come on the multi-crew with me. And then you go to a new system and they can drop that person off. <laughs> or kick them no, off while I can, drop, I can drop them off nicely short of the station if they want. So, like I said, drop them off at the station, not while you're docking, Shan. Yeah, but you choose, wouldn't you? you you'd, you'd either choose to pay the, the exorbitant fee, or you choose to get used to the EVA mechanics. Well, I, well, can no, I just no, no. actually raise something seri- serious here? Okay. So, we're at Freehome, I think it is, for our... Uh, for the for the thing, also this this looks like concept art for Apex Interstellar Transport, but in the concept art of of them, they've got an image of a viper, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's going Sol, Lave, Achenar, Sirius. Right. So, so basically, it's like yeah, a mega free ship. home free home to Sol mm-hmm. or to Lave. That's a fair distance. Free home is a Achenar even further. Station. What was that, Funnily enough. Uh, Fleet Freehome is an EIC station, funnily enough. Ah, so we've got you to blame for that. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. all our fault. <laughs> so maybe Apex will belong to the EIC. Maybe. Well, I mean, I think Apex is the name of the taxi company, <laughs> I guess. Um, do we have any other images of Apex? Well, we've got the booking desk. Yeah. Um, which oh, is, I didn't mean that. Uh, which which is shown, and the, if you watch through the video, you can see these kind of docking ports that you can walk into. Yeah, but you know that's. Uh, I think that's about it as far as that. They did mention that you know about the you know this is the first time that your commander can move about with that ship. So <laughs> it it does feel like. Do you actually need a ship anymore? Can you survive without a ship? Can you reach elite without a ship? Well, yeah, you've got to be able to... You won't be able to get combat elite without a ship, clear. No, but could you get exploration elite without a ship or trade elite without one? Yeah, well, that's that's an interesting... That would be an interesting one. Mm. I don't want to reset my my save to try it, but that would be interesting. (laughs) Um, Considering how close I am to triple elite now, I will not reset this save. No. Okay, so again, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at an in-game screenshot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't see the destinations, but this time for Apex, they've got an adder 
and again four places, but I can't quite read where it's going to. Um, where it, yeah, it definitely says we're in free home markets. So basically, um, you have certain ships that will do the do the trip. So if, I mean, looks if like you, it, yeah, yeah. So oh, who'd love, who want a lift on an adder? Ooh, better an adder than a type two, I suppose. A type two. <laughs> have you I seen the type two? There, there isn't mean... a type two, but I think a, I think a type two would be interesting actually, as a you know, almost like a planetary shuttle or something like that. I'd love to see the old planetary shuttles back in. Um, yeah, the judge one, the judge uh, one for one said there'd be forty-one ships in the live stream. Um, yeah, they quit mentioning that. Yeah, the the thing is, there are actually was it thirty-eight ships plus three fighters. I thought it was thirty-nine, but maybe it's thirty-eight. Yeah, but um, so, that, and Frontier not, haven't confirmed. Oh, sorry, this is changing topic slightly. Frontier haven't confirmed, but we'll look into. A whether the SRV gets an Azure skin as well. That's true, but on a nice little link there, um, they had when asked about are there going to be any new uh, SRVs, they said uh, we can't talk about that. We yeah. can't talk about that now. <laughs> yeah. Which not uh, to see here. Move along. That yeah. either means that either means they have a whole bunch of new SRVs, or they're thinking, oh, crap, we forgot to do the new SRVs. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, just to point out um, to DJ Wiley, he says there are six fighters. Um, but you've got to remember the Guardian fighters you can't add a paint job to. So yeah. there are three pa- fighters that you can add a paint job to. You can add engine effects to them, though. I think. Oh, you can add engine effects to them, but not paint jobs. But then again, they look that cool you don't want to. Uh, a paint job on a, on a Guardian fighter. It just, I want my Tron fighter. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, right. So, first of all, I'm just we're going to just quickly wrap this bit up. Um, ben, are you excited about what you've just seen? Yes. Uh, and are you now wanting Odyssey ASAP? No, it's okay. Star Wars Squadrons is coming out this week. I can that'll, <laughs> that'll see me through for a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, okay, Shan, this is the big one. Are you looking forward to Odyssey now? I'm looking forward to it the same amount as I was before. Um, I've got more questions than I had before it came out, but I guess you all knew that anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, things like, even basic stuff like, well, the motion captured yes. a lot of the movement. Things like, have they just gone and done the motion capture for the movement? And maybe yeah. jumping, or other player emotes that have been motion captured as well. All that sort yeah. of questions surrounding that are, are still remain. But I guess unanswered questions make you look forward to something. If you knew the answers, you wouldn't necessarily be looking forward to it as much. No, that's true. I mean, when they were when they were doing the stream, there were so many questions about can can we dance? I want to dance. You know, so I've just got this horrible image that they're now running over to the art department saying, quick, can we implement Fortnite dance mechanics? Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, the also have some great dance. Thanks. The Judge 41 says, um, shame, can we lure people to open play so I can kill them from orbit? Nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> oh, we're, we're back on that again, aren't we? About using yes, we are. accelerators to. We are. 
Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get you'll get Kaizen started in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Slam dunk, we have to stand on chairs. Yes. That's one of the questions that I, I asked on the stream is is it possible to crush someone with your ship? Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes, I'm I'm looking for that get answered. That. It didn't get answered. No, they, they ignored. Funny, funny that. <laughs> no, no, they were more interested in working out what uh, people's bar names would be. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was great. I thought, well, there's the orange sidewind bar. Oh, damn, we've already got that. Hey, would that? Could you imagine if that, we could walk about it though? That would be great. I mean, um, obviously, these are stations. It's not the installations that mm-hmm. we will be walking around. Is that is that what they meant? I mean, it would be great if we could walk around the orange sidewinder bar itself, wouldn't it? It would be great. I don't think we're going to be able to, at the very least, I don't think we're going to be able to do that until we have the ability to do EVAs and things like that. It's, it all comes under the, for me at least, it would all come mm-hmm. under the zero-G mm-hmm. um, environment manipulation thing. Where, yeah. how, you know, and that would obviously that would include walking about outposts as well for me. I think. Yeah. So um, yeah, and just quickly, we could actually have a franchise opportunity where there's an orange sidewinder bar in Lee Station as well as the the one that's further around the uh, around possibly, the uh, possibly. Yeah, that that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Not dropping any hints there, Frontier. <laughs> so yeah, back I did to... like the rat and the remlock though. Oh, yes. The rat and, and remlock. I thought that was a great name. Yeah, the Rat and Remlock, yes. Almost as good as the Thargoid and Ferdilands. Almost. Almost. Um, Mac, yes. um, has this got you excited for Odyssey then? I was going to say nerdgasms. Definitely <laughs> nerdgasms. The, 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 the thing is you've got to temper it though because it's very easy for your uh, for, the, for a nerdgasm to run away with itself and start inventing <laughs> things that are just never going to happen. So I, I've got to make sure I don't get overexcited um mm-hmm. but yeah i and the other thing is i could i i mean it would be nice to have it tomorrow but i you know i want to wait i want that they've got to have time to at least you know get it decent you know work the bugs out and what have you and yeah. in the meantime in the meantime i've i just got the west highland extension for train simulator so i can i can drive a steam train up and down between malague and fort william for a while so <laughs> We're already on the tangent track, are we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, tangent track versus cur- curve track, of course. Slam <laughs> Bunk is wanting oh, to see us yeah. all in mocap suits to man the orange sidewinder bar. Well, we'll have to, we'll have trust to get me, Slam Dunk. Nobody wants to see me in a re- in a mocap suit. Well, you'd be psycho cow in the suit, wouldn't it? Because he's because yeah, he's the barman. No, he, he's the barman, but. Yeah, if Grant if Grant's in it, then we all have to we all have to get mocap too, and you don't want that. <laughs> it's just the part of you in a green rubber suit. It's coming in stitches. Oh dear, Careful, Colin, don't get too excited. <laughs> if it was a green one, I'd be invisible. It would be a grey one with lots of dots. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you'd look at a telly dummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Colin. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pay for that one later, I know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, mocap suits are definitely a good reason to start <laughs> working out, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice on your side. Apparently, oh, I've, been you, very, I've been very mean. <laughs> no, I thought it was really funny, actually. I was, I was just going through the, the crew of Live Radio and assigning you Teletubby names. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, come on, Shan, get them out then. What? Pardon? <laughs> get the te- let's, let's. So, what's Colin's Teletubby name? Um, I think he'd be Nunu. Actually, no, no. Colin, Colin would be the baby son because Colin what? introduces this. Yeah, no, listen, it's purely logical. Colin introduces <laughs> right. the show, so he's the when mm. the sun comes up, and then Colin ends the show, so he's the baby son when he come when he sets. So therefore, Colin is the baby son. I always and, thought the baby son was really creepy. To be honest, it was like some hey, Colin, kind of. Told you. <laughs> Oh, 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 we see that the claws are out today. <laughs> uh, and which television uh, would you be, Shan? I would. I'd be. I'd be one of the rabbits because I'm so fluffy and harmless. <laughs> right. Yeah. You believe me. Mm. Shan would be the Hoover. I think Shan, <laughs> Shan would be the, what, whatever that Hoover's name is. Well, because he sucks. Who I think. <laughs> no, no, I thought, no, having seen Cal at a buffet at LaveCon, he is the Hoover because he's new news, just everything up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to quote Beetlejuice here, word for word, and I can say this because she is a, a real life woman. But <laughs> real life woman. Is, <laughs> Beetlejuice is not impressed by the boob capacity of the Remlocks. Um, I've had a lot of apple pie since last April. Oh dear! <laughs> it's like if there's if there's someone who's female in the elite community, you have to make sure it's a real life woman. <laughs> I wasn't even implying anything along those lines, but you know, I would oh, never dear. say that about female commanders. It being a being serious for a moment, the, someone did work out the size of the pilot co- of the pilot as seen from VR, didn't they? I think they worked out that they'd be like five feet four or something about, you know, right, below okay. five Actually, feet. You know, really I, I maneuvered myself in the rift uh, with the, so I got myself, if, if you kind of maneuver yourself around so you can stand up straight with the rift on mm-hmm. and then go into hollow me and maneuver yourself around it, I could walk up to my hollow me and I was exactly Dead on, eye to eye with my hollow me. He uh, he was exactly five foot eleven, which is my height. We're looking, <laughs> we're looking into each other. We were looking longingly into each other's oh, eyes. Oh Jesus! Right. Well, anyway, I, Colin, should we move on now? <laughs> yes, I, th- I think we'll move on. Um, it, was, I, it was uncanny valley, I tell you. <laughs> it is a bit worrying that you're looking lovingly into your own <laughs> virtual self. I mean, that's uh, well. <laughs> By the way, true love at last. Two, two, two final, well, three final words on this subject before we move on. Go on, Souverine, Tinky Winky. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Right, that'll serve for not serve right for not turning up. Uh, so yeah I think I've got a community question which member of the live radio team do you think is this Tebby Teletubby just you know name you know associates you know live radio crew with Teletubbies in general uh, you know, who who is what 
Who who is what? Yes. Well, okay. We will leave this main discussion for the moment, uh, and we will come back uh, after uh, after an. Well, we've got a massive break. discussion on Thursday about this as well. Oh, I know. So we're going to have plenty to talk about next week as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll we'll take a break with uh, some adverts, and then we'll come back with everything else that's happened this week. Choose life, choose a shit, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big shit, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? Welcome back. I must admit, the, I mean, the theme was choice for the uh, Frontier video, so we thought there's only one advert that we can do. Um, although I must admit, the bleeps don't seem to actually cover the whole naughty word, do they? <laughs> Doesn't leave much to the imagination. So we're going to talk about other things that have happened this week in Leap Dangerous. Um, obviously, we've had the, the big news, but there was also another bit of big news as well, which happened. Um, it seems, well, Frontier have announced that Front, that Horizons is becoming free for everybody who hasn't already got it on the 27th of October. Um, now, the thing about this is that um, even if you have purchased Horizons right now, um, you will get a whole load of bonus... Um, uh, paint jobs for every single ship in the game. Uh, again, they have not confirmed whether or not it's um, uh, for SRVs. But uh, yes, so I'll just quickly go around. Good move, bad move, Ben? From a technical perspective, an excellent move. Um, 
<clears throat> the it's something I think I've mentioned on several times that having to maintain elite dangerous one, elite dangerous horizons, elite dangerous oh um oh beyond and so on. If we had to actually maintain all of those different code bases in the launcher, that would be a nightmare for Frontier to develop and release. Mm-hmm. Um, so having Elite Danger, having having to just maintain the two makes a lot of sense. One thing that does concern me, though, is there are sometimes, both from a gameplay perspective and from a technical perspective, why you might want to be able to just get into the base game Elite Dangerous, not even Horizons. You know, for example, your, your SRV's stuck and you can go into the base game to auto-magically fly up into your spaceship. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, possibly more seriously, you want to... You're playing on a, on a lower-end computer that can't run Horizons, but it can run the base game. Well, um, okay. Um, Shan, what do you think about this? I think it was predictable for mm-hmm. some of the reasons that Ben said. It, it technically makes sense. Um, it also, from a sales perspective, makes sense. Because, I mean, what was Horizons in the sales? There's five, isn't it? I mean, it is at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so it's almost no revenue, if you like. Yes, it's a bit, but, you know... A fiver in terms of game terms is not a huge amount. So you just, they can say, look, we're giving away all this content as now the base game. So they're not actually losing that much money. But what they are doing is they are opening up the opportunity for ship skin sales and all the stuff like that that mm-hmm. comes with Horizons. Yep. So they probably have done the sums and they thought, well, if it's a fiver, well, we can, we can take a loss of a fiver because the average New Horizons player, we know from the metrics, will spend more on SRV kits and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the moment, we are showing a, a, a amount of the free skins that you will get uh, in uh, in the game, if you have already purchased Horizons, uh, we should point out that if you were probably to buy these skins separately, they probably cost more than a fiver. Um, although technically these are exclusive skins, only for people who have had Horizons. So um, if you buy Elite Dangerous after the twenty seventh of October, you will not have these skins. But so these are not available in any stores, and not available in any stores. Uh, so yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> I really do like the ones with the with the chieftain. I think it looks really good. Um, yeah. Even though those those chieftain ones are an exclusive from Arthur. Uh, oh. who I was I was speaking to Arthur earlier. I was mm-hmm. like, hey Arthur, you know how in your thing in your post you had the anaconda, the cutter, and the crate. Mm-hmm. Well, is there any chance that there are maybe some other screenshots? Possibly of your favourite ship, and he's like, "Yes, yes, there are." <laughs> and he went off and sent me over uh, three versions of the chieftain. Excellent. So I thought I thought that was very very nice of Arthur. And thank you. Actually, I'm going to take this opportunity to actually thank Arthur from the bottom of my heart, not only for sending us over the chieftain skins 
or the images of the chieftain skins. Um, but he also sent me a PM letting me know that Frontier had gone live with today's with with the content of the today's news. show. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally like two minutes after he's like, Ben, I know you guys are doing the show tonight. We've gone live with it. Go. Yeah, because originally when the the stuff went and when it was released, they, it was uh, it was then hidden uh, on YouTube, and and everyone thought, well, we'd already already seen it, and we thought, okay, uh, are we allowed to talk about this or not? I mean, we're not under an NDA. We could talk about it if we wanted to, but they were they're saving up. We're for under tomorrow. the non 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 dick approach. <laughs> yeah, non 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 dick attitude. Non dick attitude NDA. <laughs> yeah, um, so. Um, Mac, what's your impression? This is a good move. Um, Mac's complete lack of surprise. I think we were talking about this <laughs> uh, on this very show, probably before just after Odyssey Frontier Expo. Even, yeah, I think before Odyssey was even even announced that it was all going to get merged. Yeah, the 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 base game and Horizons were going to get merged in preparation for for the what was then known as the twenty late twenty twenty update, which has now become Odyssey. Um, yeah, it, it was going to happen. It needed it, and it um, for technical reasons it needed to happen. And the the blocker, as it were, has gone away because the um, if you if you look in the the old client um you'll see the the landable planets are actually the the old textures from launch and that was basically to support mac os which didn't have um compute shaders but since mac os support has been dropped then they don't need to worry about that anymore so they can just go go ahead and merge them in preparation for odyssey's launch so yeah, it's it's. I think it's happening a bit earlier than I'd expected. I'd, I was I was expecting it to happen with sort of kind of roundabout or at the launch of Odyssey, the merge would happen. But so it's it's happened a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, it was I think completely completely expected really. Oh, and the other thing it does is it gives the kingfishers a real reason to exist. The kingfishers, um, like the, we got the fuel rats, we got the whole seals, and mm-hmm. The kingfishers are rather not well known because their, their job is to fish out SRVs from awkward spots. But until now, what everybody does is they just loads up, they just load up the original client and recover to orbit such. But now the kingfishers will actually, they actually have a reason for existence because you won't be able to do that anymore. So, uh, you know, like when you run out of fuel, you call the fuel rats, or when your hull is you're you're exploring and your hull is almost down to naught percent, you call out a hull seal. Uh, now you can actually call the the kingfishers to uh, help winkle your SRV out from the the embarrassing position you've managed to get it into. Mm. Uh, wouldn't it be good with the um, with Odyssey that you could actually join someone's multi crew by driving up to them in the SRV? And then them ticking you up, and then that's it. You're part of their crew. That would be fantastic. Going for the kingfisher thing, I could be a kingfisher because I can get an SRV <laughs> unstuck in seconds. Permanently. It, yeah, it usually ends up in a million pieces, though. I think the job of the kingfishers is uh, to get the SRV unstuck, but still drivable. 
Oh, that's the flag. And with, with the pilot alive, that's yeah. That's... And with the pilot alive, that's that's the other major thing is that <laughs> both SRV and pilot are not spread all over the local landscape in small little chunks. Yeah. Um, ben, sorry, we cut your call. A quick question: okay. Did in those screenshots did um, Art share one with a minty fresh vapor trail? <laughs> Yes, no, they, they... they're not flying about, but they should have a minty fresh vapor trail. I yes. have seen somebody going off and putting a Colgate decal onto a cutter. I think it was. Yes. Well, you want you want things protected twenty four seven, don't you? Or the SS Listerine or something. <laughs> yes. Right. Are we move, should we move on, Colin? I think we shall we? move on before we start going into full toothpaste jokes. Yeah. Um, right on Thursday. Um, Stephen Benedetti, our this friend. This is last Steve, Thursday. Last Thursday, he decided to try some PvP with the Warriors of Word, Wired. Weird. Weird. Wired. Yeah. Word. I always said weird. Uh, weird. I always say word. Word. Oh. <laughs> See, it's not just me. Excellent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All we can say, um, Stephen, bless you. The the Warriors of Weird, Word, Weird, <laughs> were very patient with you. Ah, oh, dear. Let me guess. I didn't actually get to see this. Let me guess. It didn't go well. It, it, it managed to get the it was entertaining. eventually. <laughs> um, it's certainly a case of uh, we'll, we'll show you how to fly a ship badly. <laughs> uh, Learn by not doing. Yes. Um, hopefully he, he um, Stephen will learn from his experience and be shooting down live radio um, presenters next time he sees us without a problem, Ben. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> we, do, we don't actually have the bounty, the Ben's bounty running at the moment, but I think next time we have Stephen on, we, we're going to have to try. we have to open it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then on Monday's stream, uh, there was Bruce and, and Arthur doing the CG, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and they were saying that the dev diary is finished and will come on Wednesday. Oops. At 2 p.m. Oops, amazing. At 2 p.m. Um, once it's gone live, they'll be collecting questions on the forums to discuss what's going on, and those questions will be asked on th- answered on Thursday's evening stream. So as you can imagine, the questions have started now. Um, the theme was choose. <laughs> and um, But the one thing that they did say was that Arf um, did drop hints that October is going to be a spooky month. So we might have our first in-game spooky event happening. A bit like... Were the Halloween decals, though, wasn't there? Yeah. Or maybe it was a CG where you've got to deliver pumpkins or something. (laughs) Well, we do have... We've got pumpkins. We've got brain trees. Yeah. Scanning them could be a thing, I suppose. It could be. Uh, Um, Visiting... Oh. Thargoid bases. That's bloody terrifying. Mm. Maybe that's the thing. You've got to steal steal pumpkins from the Thargoids or something. Maybe something new. Anyway, other ranks are coming to Odyssey was hinted, and we, we kind of picked up on that on the uh, live stream. Maybe they might have ranks uh, for soldier or explo- uh, you know foot botanist or scavenger. I mean, I think I'm still of the opinion that I'd wish that they'd split the ranks of uh, passenger Passenger trade, you know, passenger runs out to their own rank, and the same with mining and 
uh, and smuggling. But we'll, we'll wait and see what they've what they've done. Um, so yeah, those, those were the uh, what Frontier have been up to this week, as you can see, quite a lot. Um, now, in game itself, we've had uh, quite quite a bit to talk about. Um, first of all, we'll we'll just quickly touch on turning the wheel, which is uh, friend of the show Kai Zen's uh, player experience, player initiative. initiative. Yes, player initiative to expand the dark wheel to practically all over the galaxy in in the hope to to attract attention um uh, is it the expansion uh, from 5455 should land on the 30th or the 1st and they're already at sitting at 75% in to to so the second cooldown drops when they expand hopefully into lave hmm they're coming for us, guys. Uh, if all goes well, the Dark Wheel will actually test Phase 3 in around two weeks. It seems appropriate that uh, we'll test uh, Phase 3 first in this um, screwball endeavour. Um, phase 1 should be tested two weeks after, uh, and they will have to drag the migration out of 509. So they're hoping for that sometime in January. Now, and phase two is to expand the dark wheel into the leaf station, uh, the leaf, the leaf system. Um, the reason behind this is that there are old lore tidbits about Raxler being quite close to leave, and leave also has a permit locked planet with no definitive explanation. I'm aware that there are statements on record that the permit lock was at the direction of Alan Stroud. Alan Stroud, and most likely tied to the Leave Revolution storyline, uh, but that does not that does not definitely mean that it could still be tied to the mystery of Raxler. So they're coming for us. I think is the best way to uh, to summarise that. Yeah, without putting the drama llama hat on it, basically they're going to be kicking the Orev party. That's currently there's a federal Orev party. That's mm-hmm. sitting in Lave at the moment, who's visiting, shall we say. <laughs> and the Dark Wheel are basically going to be kicking that party back to a rove and moving in on their place. Uh, yep. In other in-game news, the Starship One trial has begun. Um, this is the ongoing federal storyline about the uh, the destruction of the old presidential vessel. Uh, and according to this testimonies from three naval engineers um, they installed replacement power regulator components to Starship One prior to its launch Mr. Webster verified that this was routine maintenance during the initial investigation uh, however last year one engineer <laughs> one engineer reviewed data for the Highlander Antares incident uh, which you can look through the, archi- the, uh, the archives uh, and realised that the pre-modified power regulation had caused the same identical frame shift drive misjump on Starship 1 she tried to trace the component source and found all the records deleted now this relates to uh, a GND story or a a galactic news story from 3302. So um, if you look up memorial to the Highlander Antares, or the Highliner Antares unveiled, you'll find more details of that. Now, this brings us on to the final bit of news in-game, which also involves the CG. Um, Prince Harold's funeral 
or funeral, as, as someone has highlighted here, uh, is in progress. Now, this involves a, um, a CG, which will uh, involves hauling uh, Nagandi fire opals, Escurian caviar, Lavian brandy, and Kimetra cigars to be delivered to Otamara Station and the Baal system, where the White Templars will transport them to capital after security vessel. Um, this uh, CG is going reasonably well, uh, but um, I do believe Mac will have something to say about that quite quickly. Um, commanders of the Pilots Federation will be assigned an Akinar system permit alongside any financial rewards if they manage to if they encourage uh, <clears throat> if they manage to participate. Um, also, Gutemeyer Corporation will apply a discount of up to 25% for all ship purchases according to the amount of rare items provided. Um, NW, who's NW? MW? Mac Winston. Mac Winston. Mac Winston, right. <laughs> Would be helpful. But you've been number crunching. Yes. I. This is one, it, it strikes me, this is kind of almost like a... You know, on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they always <laughs> remarked yeah. on some of the new, uh, unusually large-scale things, like uh, the huge shipments of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. Was it, it, was, it was something or other? It was books or magazines. It maybe it was Play Beings uh, to to one the planets, and there were so many of them, it caused a slight gravitational shift. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, this has this is taking on this is an epic shindig let's say uh the cg as a whole is for 50 million tons of basically fags and booze so 50 million tons of cigars <laughs> principally cigars and lavian brandy now if we imagine that just let, let's say it completes let, let's for argument say this thing completes and all 50 million tons gets delivered um and only one fifth of it is lavian brandy it, if we think what what's in one what's in a one ton container, the container will weigh a bit. But mm-hmm. I think it's reasonable to assume about ninety percent of it will be Lavian brandy. And if it's shipped like wine is shipped now, which is basically in big plastic bags and is bottled at destination, um, basically each canister is just full. It'll, it'll be about nine hundred liters. More a conservative estimate would be nine hundred liters per per ton of Lavian brandy. Okay. So a fifth, if a fifth of the CG, uh, if it completes, was Lavian brandy, that would be nine billion liters of Lavian brandy. To put that into perspective, that if if you dug a pool the size of Lake Coniston, a two, a two meter deep pool the size of Lake Coniston in the Lake District. That's what you'd fill with nine billion liters of Lavian brandy. A Lake Coniston sized two meter deep pool of pure 40% alcohol brandy. Um, if we look at the population of Africa. All of which has aged for 100 years in outer space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's going to this, 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 this great big party. So it's not unreasonable to assume they're, they're, they're assuming the whole lot's going to get drunk. Um, now, this is going to result in a problem for the world of capital. Uh, the population of Akinar is 16.3 million. It's spread over principally three Earth-like worlds. 
and you have to imagine let, let's say there there's 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 five billion on the world of capital um about probably about two-thirds of those are going to be functionaries and imperial slaves they're not going to be people who are going to be receiving this stuff it's only about a third of the population will probably be getting it so that's about 1.7 billion people attending this ginormous shindig so between them they'll get 5.3 liters of brand each so the entire aristocracy of capital is going to be simultaneously get lung cancer from the billions and billions and billions of Kamitra cigars and then to capital acute acute alcohol poisoning from 5.3 liters each of Lavian brandy. So it's basically going to wipe out the entire aristocracy of capital, this one party. The thing is, though, Mac, um, what if they are from the north of England and they for them, X liters of Lavian brandy, just like a vodka and coke to us or something like that. You know, you, ha- you haven't, you haven't. They would have, have to be hyper Russians. <laughs> hyper Russians. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I'm, I, I, ad, I admire your dedication in applying the maths. Well, um, we do have contrary opinion here, actually, from Winjin Pom who actually thinks that you'd only probably get about five litres of Lavian brandy in a tonne, uh, because Lavian brandy travels in in crystal decanters, and there's going to be a shitload of packaging and things like that as well. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, you wouldn't complain if there was a lake full of brandy either. Yeah, <laughs> but on the, on the other hand, the way you bulk ship booze now on Earth in 2020 is in big... Mylar bags. Yeah, that's in the that's in the you know Tesco value. Yeah, yeah no, even sorry, you're wine. talking diesel brandy here. You're talking the you, what you're describing, Mac, is the way that they transport diesel brandy. We're talking lave brandy. <laughs> but but even if you you were actually transferring it in the actual bottles, and there's a picture of a bottle at the orange sidewinder, which looks like a perfectly standard glass whiskey bottle type of thing. And you add some packaging, you're still going to probably be shipping about a billion liters of the stuff. It, it's going to be an awful lot. Well, personally, I think in order for the um, anyway, I, I just I just wanted to imagine a Coniston water-sized pool <laughs> two meters deep of of pure brandy from the lakes. Well, Coniston, Lake Coniston. Is about eight kilometers long by about half a kilometer wide. Okay. Well, all I can say is students have got to do something while they're all locked in their halls of residence, haven't they? <laughs> but put it this way: to, to cut long story short, whether it's whether it's supplied in in mylar bags or actually in its final packaging, it's going to be it's going to be an awful lot of food, and there's going to be an awful lot of drunk people for an awful long time. So, how many? Barrels of what these party barrels is that? A lot. <laughs> Just thinking, actually, do you think this could all be actually part of a nefarious plot to essentially incapacitate the well, high? This is what I was thinking. You get, you get, the, you get the entire, the entire membership of the Senate and all their henchmen and henchwomen, and I bet you completely be a- and utterly blabbered. And then the Federation can waltz in and invade. Or slave uprising. Yes, or slave uprising. I I was thinking Marlinist uprising, but okay. 
That could be <laughs> could could be could be the 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 what are they called? Marlinists, yes. Yeah, they could they can all take their oxy pills or whatever and not actually get drunk. I don't think there's a hangover cure commodity in game, is there? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's the next CG supply. <laughs> and we have to do it all in super quiet ships. Basic medicines and performance enhancers, I think. It's probably the next CG so everybody can recover from the, from the nine billion litres of Lavian brandy they've just converted. <laughs> Ship 1,000 tons of beer goggles or something. <laughs> oh, beer goggles are already going to be there. It's, it's, it's medicine and things like that they're going to need. Oh, dear. Anyway, or divorce lawyers, when you think about it. <laughs> ship, ship divorce lawyers that I can have to sort out what's happened. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you need mops. You need mops and buckets as well. Imagine, <laughs> okay, Mac, homework for you. How much vomit? Would they produce <laughs> how many lakes worth of vomit? Would that produce? Oh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Well, if you think of the average up chuck, okay, no, Mac, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not going to discuss about the volume, the stomach volume thing here. Let's move, let's move on. We're running out of time. Um, right, so the newsletter also came out, newsletter 302. Um, in there was mentioned um, Emlyn Perez's uh, Cruzo, which is part of the HCS voice packs. Um, uh, we mentioned all that last week, so uh, we'll move on. And they also displayed new paint jobs for the Crusader and the Cutter. Now, uh, finally, we have our community corner. Um, now, Ghost Giraffe um, shows how the was it the El Gato and other El things? Gato. El Gato. Um, I Means Spanish for the cat. Yeah, it's the stream deck. Yeah, it's the stream deck. Yeah, it can, how it can improve your ED experience. Um, it is quite fun. It looks quite um, uh, uh, easy to use. I, how expensive is it? I think they're between 50 and 100 quid, depending on how big a one you get. Mm. Um, I personally can't see a use for them, but I guess if, if you've got one lying around, why not use it for really dangerous as, as well? True. Right. Um, in other uh, streaming stroke uh, uh, video news, uh, for those of you that follow Turgeon's Travels, um, uh, him off the broadcast, uh, him, he and his elite dangerous um, animations series has been featured in the Reillusion magazine. Uh, we're going to put a link into this into the show notes and uh, basically discuss how he puts Sturgeon Travels together and um, you know what tools and uh, techniques he uses. It's fascinating to watch, although I must admit, once um, Odyssey comes out, it'll be interesting to see um, how that uh, evolves, because obviously it might be a bit easier. Um, HCS, that's uh, back to the uh, uh, the voice packs people, have committed again to donate all proceeds from the Cecil voice, part, voice pack to special effect uh, for the year as part of the one special day fundraising, fundraising effort. For those of you who've been around for uh, a while, thanks to everyone who's funded the pack in the first place. For newer commanders, 
if you've got voice attack and you want a companion on board your ship whilst flying to Hutton, yes, we've got their own one. Um, they ask you to chuck in some pennies if you've got them. It all ends up with Baz Floyd and the special effects team. And what's more, you get a drunken buffoon in the cockpit of your um, spaceship to keep you company, unlike one that runs the country. Oh, politics. Sorry. Move away. Um, thanks to Paul Watson, Lee Barber, Fiery Toad and Mies Cruz for all their work and their generosity on this one. And we'll put in a link to the one special day uh, special effect fundraiser. So uh, we did ask our community question um, last week about what we can do about uh, CGs. Unfortunately, we have run out of time tonight. Uh, so we're going to save that until next week. Uh, our community question this week um, is, what has got you excited about Dev Diary 2? We had... Um... Commander is, off, is what's Teletubby? No, we're not yeah. doing that. We're not doing the Teletubby one. Awesome questions. <sighs> Look, tell you what, we will put it out as two community questions. What got you excited about Dev Diary 2? And why do you think Ben looks like Tinky Winky? How does that sound? <laughs> I wasn't no. Tinky Winky. I was Sue. <laughs> um, Mac, quick question. Sorry. How many litres per person? Sorry. It's like 5.3 litres per person, per attendee, uh, make, making some assumptions about how many attendees there are. Right, well, the maximum volume of vomit that a person would use <laughs> no, is no. 800 well, milliliters. Most, most, most so, of it will be... So, so anyway, my radio it, sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, <laughs> you can listen to that instead of hearing about Chan puking up. <laughs> True. Right. I'll just quickly say any other business. Now, um, for the moment, for anyone interested, on Thursday night at 10 p.m., I'm going to be streaming Star Wars Squadrons and seeing if it scratches the old X-Wing versus TIE Fighter itch. Um, that's if my interconnection, internet connection is actually up and people are welcome to try and shoot me down if anybody wants to come along and, and see. I don't know whether I'll be flying an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter. Probably a TIE Fighter because everybody wants to be the good guys and I won't get into an X-Wing. Um, what about anybody else? Has anyone else got any other business? Yeah, we uh, yes. had... The Apollo 11 expedition reunion on Saturday, and it was a lot of fun. So we got to meet up with most a lot of people. Went on the A11X as discussed, I think, on last week or the weeks before show. Last yeah. week, I think. Last week, <laughs> and approximately 100 million liters of vomit. <laughs> the answer right. to your question is: Now you've got to work six, out 6.625 times of chucking up they would need to do if they vomited. So each person would be sick uh, 6.65 times. not letting this go at all, are they? No. Curious oh. now. Okay, Mac, your homework for this week is to work out how big a lake you have to dig for the vomit. <laughs> so it goes from one lake to another. You've got to work that out for next week. Okay, we're going to give a, a shout-outs here. So as Ben said earlier, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 uh, British summertime. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio at radioforthemug.com. 
For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, following on for this, we have a rapidly rewritten and updated and uh, super fast turnaround Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and friends. So... Um, <laughs> Fair play. Honestly, <laughs> at six o'clock tonight, he turned around and says, Damn, I'm going to have to rewrite everything. So <laughs> he's he been very. Again at seven o'clock. Yeah. That's, we, a, that's we, a good factor, Yeah. We only, we only got to this about half an hour ago. So applaud. Applaud the mighty Witherspoon. So thanks to all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat channel and um, other channels. We do apologize for the technical troubles that we had right at the very beginning. It's just the Twitch gods haters. There's no other way to explain it. But that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com laveradio.com please remember this is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers so bring your air freshener and do get in touch if you have any questions if you or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 British Summer Time and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live so thanks to Mac thanks to Ben and thanks to Shan uh, for helping out and special thanks goes to uh, our Tech, tech specialist Commander Ventura, who obviously was pulling his hair out earlier in <laughs> earlier tonight. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous. According to scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin.
News Digest, 29th of September 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's News Roundup, poor pilot participation preventing provision progress puts Prince's party plans in peril. Sisyphus repairs the Empire. Starship One link to Neo-Marlinists. Chariot of the Chicken Gods. Walking the Stanford Taurus. Poor pilot participation preventing provision progress puts Prince's party plans in peril. The Emperor has dramatically scaled back plans for its celebration of the life of Mad Prince Harold. Initially appealing for 50 million tonnes of rare goods to have a slap-up solemn memorial ceremony and feast. The event has been scaled back twice. Firstly to 12 million tonnes, and then again all the way down to 4 million tonnes. Despite the promise of an Achenar system permit and generous discounts on the full range of Guttemeyer ships, it seems that Prince Harold's debauchery and dissolute lifestyle may not have made him the most popular of the Duvals. And it seems that the memorial organisers may struggle even to arrange provision of this vastly reduced target of only 8% of the original plan. No longer will the mass of party provisions subtly alter the orbit of capital. With less than 4 million tonnes of caviar, brandy, cigars and fire opals, the event will have to be scaled back to only close friends and planets. Commanders who wish to assist Imperial leaders in celebrating the removal of that most embarrassing of the Duvals should be aware that Kamitra, source of the famous cigars, is currently in boom and is selling the celebrated carcinogen in packs of 45 tonnes. Sisyphus repairs the empire. Bombed by Neo-Marlinist terrorists on the 10th of September, it took two weeks to put the fires out at targeted Imperial stations, so it must come as a relief to Empire authorities to know that Operation Ida and other willing commanders with the benefit of fleet carriers for a bulk haulage have been making short work of station repair. Less than a week after the fires were extinguished, Muller Terminal in Raab and Tsiolkovsky Terminal in Gabjaujis are fully repaired and will be reopened on Thursday. Mackenzie Relay in Semies is making very good progress and may also be ready to be reopened this Thursday, failing which both Mackenzie Relay and Garrido Market in LHS 4031 will be reopening next week. The commanders of Operation Ida appear to have a Sisyphean complex, but you can get medicine for that. In related news, Brewer Corporation will be opening the upgraded starports in 10 systems also on Thursday. Fleet carrier owners are urged to rush to Fjorgen, HR4979, Wolf294, Lambda2 Tucani, Potriti, LHS4058, Chakpa, Galibasi, Itasefi, and Ninabin systems to fill up on tritium efficiently and with a minimum of fuss. Owners whose fleet carriers are in Colonia will not benefit. Starship One link to Neo-Marlinists. With the trial of Federal Navy Chief Technician Rory Webster starting, and with the revelation that an unnamed external source supplied modified power regulators that caused Starship One's frameshift drive to malfunction, 
and with the repair of four Imperial stations bombed using Thargoid-derived weaponry nearing completion, Commander Factabulous thinks he can see a common thread that brings these mysteries together. A trial about a failed frameshift drive that may split the Federation into squabbling factions. The Empire threatened by dirty Thargoid bombs. The Alliance completely unaffected. What criminal mastermind could be behind all this? In unrelated news, engineer Ishmael Palin, who modifies frameshift drives for a living and who collected vast stores of Thargoid technology during his time in the Pleiades, is reported to be settling comfortably into his new Alliance-sponsored base at Able Laboratory in the Ark System. Chariot of the Chicken Gods Primitive ancient thinkers such as Erich von Daniken used to think that religious symbols drawn in vast scale on the Nazca Desert on Earth were landing strips for alien sun gods. Presumably alien sun gods too primitive to have developed the sort of vertical take-off and landing our ships are equipped with today. Now, thousands of years later, another landing strip has been identified, but on a far more massive scale. In fact, it is believed that this may be the largest of its size in the galaxy. Quite why someone would need a landing strip at 700 light-years long, with two enormous circular taxiways at one end, is unclear. But judging by its shape, perhaps they're hoping for very, very large intergalactic fertility gods to bless them with performance enhancers. Walking the Stanford Taurus Having finally found someone who can edit video, the Pilots' Federation had trouble releasing its so-called Dev Diary and ended up making it visible a day early. We already knew that commanders are to be permitted to walk on planets and become botanists. This new holovid shows commanders admiring the inside of an asteroid base from a viewing area. Looking at mission boards, booking flights, shopping for ships and weapons, and hanging around in a waiting area, as well as rather more moody shots of commanders heading into small settlements. There was talk of scavenging from wreckage, and of different sorts of EVA suits for exploration, combat, and indeed scavenging. There's an ongoing program of rehabilitating commanders to walk, in preparation for this giant leap forward. We must remember that commanders have been stuck in their pilot chairs for the past six years, so getting the muscles in their legs working again is going to take some practice. But imagine walking round the habitation ring of an Orbis starport, manicured parkways curving out of sight ahead and behind, the stars wheeling above your head. Well, we didn't see that. However, on the 27th of October, all commanders who do not already hold the Horizons permit will become eligible to land on airless planets, to drive SRVs and ship-launched fighters, and to visit engineers to craft modifications. Commanders who already possess the permit will receive a complete set of Azure paint jobs for their ships as a thank you. The reason for the Wednesday release of the Dev Diary Holovid was that way too many commanders are planning to spend Thursday reliving events from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 
But a spy in the Pilots' Federation decided to release a day earlier still, as a special favour to their buddies at Lave Radio. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 